0: Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3 Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money only on Money FM 89.3 Hey, welcome to Influence. I'm Michelle Martin. Brexit was supposed to happen last Friday, but once again, last time I checked, the UK is still part of the EU. The UK, though, is entering its third election campaign period in four years. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has apologized for failing to deliver his do-or-die pledge to leave the EU by October 31st. Mr Johnson also blamed Parliament for hindering his Brexit plan, saying an election is the only way to break The deadlock. So joining me now to help us make sense of Brexit, where we are in this all is His Excellency Patrick Bourne, the Irish ambassador to Singapore. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm good, and I'm glad to say Ireland's doing well. We're still in the European Union. We don't have any general elections coming up, and all is well and calm and stable in my country.
0: <laughs> That's good to know. Mr. Ambassador, are you a gambling man? What do you think the odds are that Brexit will go through in the next few months?
1: Oh, no gambling. No comment on gambling in Singapore, Michelle. <laughs> I think, you know, things are looking better in many ways. The um, withdrawal agreement, you know, has been concluded now between the European Union and the British government. It's awaiting ratification, obviously, and and key to that is what will be the outcome of the British general election. Mm -hmm. But it is agreed. It is uh, on the table. It does settle all the questions. The European Union has unanimously, you know, accepted it. Ireland is happy with it and we're ready to go ahead and implement that agreement as soon as the British Parliament, you know, can ratify it.
0: So I was looking at the news in the lead-up to this interview. The UK going to the polls in about five weeks, December 12th. Could that election lead not just to the UK's exit from the EU, but also Scotland's exit from the UK? This weekend, some 20,000 people took to the streets in Glasgow to demonstrate for Scottish independence. Leaders of the Scottish Nationalist Party, which is set to win the most Scottish seats in Parliament, say that independence is within touching distance.
1: Look, as you know, the ambassador of Ireland. I don't think it would be really helpful or appropriate for me to comment on you know the internal affairs of, of another country and what might happen there. Uh, I was consul general for three years in Edinburgh uh, during the the independence referendum there. I love the place. I love the country. I Love the Scottish people. Very mm-hmm. very close in many ways to the Irish people. Um, you know, we will always remain friends and close with all parts of the United Kingdom. I think whatever the outcomes of the various debates that are going on.
0: But leaders from Ireland and Scotland will hold talks. Uh, to launch a bilateral review of Scotland.
1: Well, I mean, there's a number of, you know, it's a very close relationship between the Irish and British governments and between the Irish and Scottish governments. We're part of the British Irish Council together. We're part of the mechanisms of the Good Friday Agreement together. Uh, you know, as, as I said, I was there at the, the forefront of that relationship for many years. It's, it's part of a very long, ongoing process. There's nothing unusual or new in, uh, in Edinburgh and Dublin, uh, you know, talking to each other.
0: Mm. Well, if we take a broader look at the UK's elections upcoming December 12th, what are some possible scenarios you see ahead?
1: Well, again, I'm conscious not to comment too much on the affairs within another country, but you know, I think the permutations and combinations are, are obvious and are being, you know, commented upon widely. You know, Boris Johnson could certainly return with a majority of some magnitude. There could obviously be the possibility of, of a, a return to a, a similar situation where we have now, which is a, which is a hung parliament, and and obviously the Labour Party uh, could also, I think, emerge uh, uh, on top. It's more complex probably than it has been for a long time in, in British politics. I mm. mean, the you know, it's it's certainly no longer a straightforward binary. Uh, if it ever was that the liberals and liberal democrats would certainly argue at that but now with you know with the brexit party in the mix with growing support for the green party and other small parties and in independents you know with the snp likely to be you know doing very well i think in in scotland and plaid Cymru, of course there uh, you know there's there's a little more complexity and a little more sort of uh, you know possibilities of coalitions i think uh, you know as as we've already seen in in british politics so it's 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 very hard to predict
0: As we know, Ireland is the only country in Europe to share a land border with the UK. So from an Irish perspective, some three years after this whole Brexit saga began, and for the benefit of listeners who missed the the first show that we had with you, what is an optimal outcome?
1: Well, look. As I said at the outset, Ireland is is very much staying within the European Union. Ireland has benefited greatly from its membership of the European Union. Uh, you know, we have a, a country that's been growing at very healthy uh, economic rates for the last few years, uh, up to eight percent. This year's growth is likely to be four uh, percent. We know which puts it in the in the top three in terms of the European Union. We're now the the, the second country in the OECD list after Luxembourg in terms of per capita income GDP per capita income uh, in the in the OECD, which is. Quite extraordinary for from a country that fifty years ago was was very poor in many ways. Ireland's growth trajectory mm. is not dissimilar to that of, of Singapore. Mm. We're a very open economy. We rely on inward investment and we have a, a skill pool that uh, you know makes Ireland very attractive for for FDI. Twelve and a half percent corporate tax rate, which is, know, is equally a good incentive. Most of the world's top you know IT firms and pharma companies have their EMEA headquarters uh, in Ireland. And and part of that is to benefit from Ireland's membership of the European Union, single market and customs union. If you have an investment in Ireland, you have unfettered access to a, a consumer market of half a billion people. Um, you know, so that's why we want to stay in. That's why you know we've been, I suppose, puzzled and perplexed from the outset about the British decision to, to, to leave the European Union. There'll be implications for, for Ireland, not all of them positive. Uh, a lot of our tourism comes from Britain, and with uh, sterling weakened, uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's that's taken. Going to hit this year and, and probably will in a post-Brexit situation as well. A lot of our food exports go to Britain, um, and that is likely to, to to again be be somewhat damaged. So we'll be looking to diversify markets elsewhere, including you know offering more of our fine food and drink products in uh, in places like Singapore and Southeast Asia. So you know I, th- I think there's not you know it's not all bad. There are, there are pluses and minuses uh, in this, but um, we do expect to see uh, I suppose um, some um investment that is there in the in the UK at the moment move elsewhere and some of that will move to Ireland and again we will we'll benefit from that. But the most important consideration for us from the outset has been protecting the peace process uh in in Northern Ireland, the integrity of the all-Ireland economy uh and you know that 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 fragile peace process that has been built up and the confidence and trust between the communities in Northern Ireland which could have been really badly affected by a hard exit uh, mm. or or a hard border uh and you know I thankfully I think the um the agreement that was reached, I think, you know, ad- addresses a lot of those issues, and uh, and uh, you know should uh, should avoid that happening.
0: I'm speaking with His Excellency Pat Bourne, the Irish Ambassador to Singapore. Your Excellency, for Singapore companies looking to do business with Ireland, where are the new or fast-growing opportunities?
1: Well, again, I'd say the, the Irish economy and the Singaporean economy have many similarities. Um, we're very much a, a services-driven economy, but also a very high-tech-driven economy in Ireland now. A lot of the high-end of the value chain innovation in, um, in, in, uh, in technology, including in fintech. We have a big delegation coming for the fintech festival here in Singapore next week. Uh, that's one of the really strong areas in Ireland, and that's an area where there's, there's obvious scope for partnership, um, you know, artificial intelligence, uh, you know some new technologies around nanotechnologies uh, biotech medtech there's some great opportunities there where Ireland is very much the leading edge within as well as europe or, or, or the Western hemisphere and where Singapore has, has similar um, capacities uh, so there 's a great great scope for collaboration there. Um, Ireland is a is a very um, uh, lucrative tourism market, and I know you know some uh, indeed a, quite a number of Singapore companies have invested in hotels and uh, and leisure resorts and facilities and so forth in Ireland, uh, and, and there are good returns to be had there. Uh, food and agribusiness, very strong area for for growth between us and, and renewable energy. I mean I, I know again that uh, more announcements made in recent days of Singapore uh, wanting to get more of its energy from from solar and uh, and, and yes. other renewable sources. Uh, um, and even though the sun shines, uh, you know, less than we probably would like it to in Ireland, uh, you know, again, we are world leaders in terms of, of developing uh, some some renewable uh, energy technologies and solutions as well. Great
0: to know. On a lighter note, Ambassador, I hear that your women's hockey team has qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I'm not sure you can that a lighter note. That's very serious business. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. It's. And Ireland has done well in terms of individual achievements at the Olympics. Uh, you know, we think of people like Sonia O'Sullivan and of course Katie Taylor who who also confirmed a second world uh, boxing uh, uh, championship over the weekend but um, we have uh, you know not really had the the strength and depth to, to, to qualify for too many of the team sports I'm an old hockey hand myself I used to play hockey as a youngster to see uh, one of our hockey teams qualifying the ladies hockey team is absolutely tremendous I've been proud to welcome the Irish netball team here in Singapore over the last couple of weeks the Irish water polo team here in uh, over the last couple of weeks you know Ireland is, is developing uh, you know great great talent in great sports and of course, of course, you know, it's fantastic, you know, young people getting healthy, you know, looking after their, their lives and, uh, and their mental health in, in any way is great. But uh, great to see it, uh, you know, progressing at the elite level as well.
0: Yeah, tremendous achievement. We'll be cheering along with you for the women's hockey team. He's Patrick Bourne, the Irish ambassador to Singapore. Thank you, sir, for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Michelle. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or
0: download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.